Hi, this is Sheila with the Podmotion podcast. This episode is a conversation between the hosts of the Hope Strategy podcast, Josh Steinley and Corey Blake. Josh and Corey give listeners an inside look into how they organize and produce their show. They explore how to select guests, finding your groove with a co-host, recording and equipment, and why research before an interview is so important. Josh and Corey also look into why video makes a difference when it comes to communicating with guests, and in particular, picking up on non-verbal cues. If you haven't listened to the Hope Strategy podcast yet, I highly recommend it. It features some amazing guests and some very insightful interviews. You can find the link to the show in our show notes. Thanks to Josh and Corey for doing this interview for Podmotion. If you want to share your podcasting story in an episode of the Podmotion podcast, get in touch with us at podmotion.co. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. Hi, I'm Josh Steinley. I'm here with my co-host, Corey Blake, and we host or co-host the Hope Strategy Podcast. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. So nice. Sheila, who runs nice the Podmotion podcast, asked us to do a little guest episode for you here, talking about our podcast and how we got it started and off the ground and all that. So I'm going to interview Corey, and we're going to go through some of the questions that uh, Sheila wants us to answer here, just talking about a little bit behind the scenes of our own podcast, which we just launched recently. But Let's talk a little bit about why we started it. Why did we start this podcast, Corey? <laughs> we are, Josh and I are two guys that really, I, I would say we're optimists. I would say we see the glass half full, that we've got a, an abundance mentality with most things, difficult as life may be from time to time. Uh, we're business partners. We run a digital marketing agency called MWI. We've worked together for years and years, about eight, eight or nine years now, and have always talked about starting a podcast. In early 2020, when it seems like anywhere that we consumed any sort of media, uh, whether it was social media or you know bigger media than that, whatever, we we realized that most everything. I mean, with the coronavirus taking off and with all of the other stuff, the presidential election upon us, like there was so much negativity out there, and we said, how can we, as an agency first, as a as a marketing agency, how can we start to use our platform for hope to help spread a message of hope and then that kind of transitioned into well maybe this is what we do a podcast about there's so many good people out there that see the world the way that we do how do we allow them or give them a platform to talk about their hope um, strategies as we put it and now here we are you know we jumped in we we started doing some episodes and i think today our 20th episode went out there which again is small small potatoes compared to the the podcast out there with thousands of episodes but nonetheless so far, the it's gone fantastic. The reception has been great. We've put a lot of uh, work and love and effort into it, and and we've really enjoyed it. So, who are a few of the guests that we've had on? Let's see. We had who did we start out with? Who was our first guest? Richie Norton. Richie Norton Richie is Norton. a um, an author. He's a best selling author. He's a business coach. We kind of talked about this in our interview with Richie, actually. He does a lot. He's an entrepreneur. You would say he's a serial entrepreneur. He does so many different things. 
And he doesn't really even talk about the individual things that he does because he's the kind of guy that doesn't want to be put into a box and be known as this guy that does this thing. But he's a very successful writer and speaker and coach and uh, entrepreneur. He's started a ton of really successful companies. Um, but we've talked with him. We've talked with uh, religious leaders of, of religious organizations with 17 million members across the entire globe. Um, we've talked with experts today. We just got done interviewing uh, the... What's it? What, what does he do with the United Nations? I'm trying to remember. He's the consultant yeah. for the United Nations on artificial intelligence, right? Yeah, he uh, he's the United Nations AI advisor. I'm actually reading that off his book cover. Neil Sahota, author of Own the AI Revolution. We talked to my buddy who played for the NFL and fumbled the ball during Super Bowl and how he bounced back after that. We talked to a guy who has been to the Middle East 50 times working with the peace process there. If you had to pick one as your favorite, who would you say oh, was man. one of your favorites, Corey? Which is unfair. It's kind of like asking it who is, your favorite child is. But. Yeah, it is. It is unfair. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I will say the last couple of weeks have just been, and maybe it's just because we're getting into a groove a little bit and we're and, and the network continues to expand as far as who wants to be on the podcast and who's coming on. The last couple of weeks, have, we've talked to some real experts and, that have really contributed their knowledge and their wealth of knowledge to the overall message that we're trying to get out there, which is why is there hope for the future? Why, how, and how do you find it? You know, so Chad Ford was amazing. Neil Sahota today was awesome. Um, Elder, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, uh, who's the leader of that, one of the leaders of, that, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That was an awesome conversation learning about their religion and um how they find hope anyways man so many good ones john brinkus john brinkus the producer director creator of sports science on espn uh unexpected uh just amazing conversation not 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 that i expected anything less but i was just like very pleased with his outlook on life and how he's become so successful doing so many different things you know, what might yeah. be interesting for the listeners is how we got some of these guests. Some of them came through personal connections, people that Corey and I knew. Uh, others, though, for example, John Brinkus, who, to say a little bit about John Brinkus, because you know his background better. Well, if, if you've ever watched ESPN or SportsCenter, um, and you've seen the segments called Sports Science, where John has elite athletes, the best of the best. I mean, the Michael Jordans of the world today right so lebron james or larry fitzgerald in the nfl or whatever these guys come in and they do these science experiments based on the amazing athleticism of these athletes and so he's produced over 1800 episodes or, or segments for espn but he's also he's the cmo of a of a supplement company he he's produced and directed stuff on fox and fx sports or, or, or fox sports i mean anyways he's he's just a real successful producer, director, writer, entrepreneur. And the way that we got him on the show was somebody sent me an email and said, basically, I'm representing John, kind of like his podcast PR agent. And would you be interested in having him on the show? And we thought, well, yeah, like this guy sounds amazing. Like we'd love to have him. I didn't know who he was. Corey follows sports closer. So he knew who John was. But she connected us with John, and we got this amazing guy on our show. And we've gotten a few other guests the same way, some from the same person. There's also another agent that reached out to us and said, hey, would you like to have this person on your show? 
And so here we are starting a brand new podcast that has no real traction yet. We're just getting the word out there. We're just starting to market it. And yet we're getting these agents coming to us and saying, hey, I've got this amazing person. Would you like to interview them? And we're thinking, heck yeah, this is amazing. You know, a couple of years ago, and all the all you out there that are starting podcasts or running podcasts, you know, a few years ago, a podcast was definitely not some podcasting, I guess, was not something that a lot of people were really familiar with. Um, I remember hearing it and it was just like, is that something on the iPod? You know, it's like the, the get your iPod touch and you can listen to podcasts or whatever. Obviously, we know that that's changed dr- drastically, but there's this guy out there and I don't know him, but I'm going to give him a shout out. His name, uh, maybe you know him. I'm trying to figure out how I'm connected with him. His name is Daniel Geffen. You know that name? Maybe Jeffen, G E F E N. But he, I started following him on Facebook. Um, I almost think I was on his podcast now that I think about it, or or I was going to be. I can't remember, but a while back, I started following him on Facebook and on um, LinkedIn. And this guy started a podcast, was got up to where I think he said he had over two hundred fifty thousand downloads per month, and now he started a company. I'm just plugging this guy's company right now. I think it's called Pod Booker. And he's create. I mean, there's this whole industry now that's being created on like being an agent to get people on podcasts, right? Or being a, a online tool or resource in order to get people on your podcast or to find opportunities to be on podcasts. Um, huge plug for him. But but I, he just shared something on Facebook yesterday where he said that podcasting is still in its infancy, even though it's been around for a while. But even though and it's gotten really popular recently, I think he said that there's eight hundred thousand active podcasts out there right now. And that sounds like a lot, but then he put out there how many YouTube channels there are out there. And I want to say it's like 40 million or something like that, like some number that gives me, gives me anxiety. It might even be more than that. Um, the point is, it's still, it's still in its infancy, right? And, and if you're looking to take advantage of, of an industry that's going to continue to evolve, I think you know, podcasting is on the up and up. So anyway, it's just kind of an interesting stat there. And the other thing is that so many people launch podcasts, but then they never make it past. I think the average is like 10 episodes or something like the majority of podcasts quit before they hit 10 episodes. And so if you actually continue doing it, you're in this smaller and smaller minority as you go on. So yeah, I, um, okay. It's actually way bigger than that. So the podcasting space is still small, 800,000 active podcasts compared to 500 million YouTube channels. That number gives me even more anxiety. Um, <laughs> I started another podcast for our marketing agency a couple of years ago, and I think I did 30 episodes and it was a lot of work. And then I just was like, no, I'm not going to, I just stopped doing it. Um, I have multiple friends that have started podcasts. that got three or four episodes in and then stopped because you, it's one of those things that you kind of, exp- you want people to really like, I mean, anything creative and I guess podcasting is in a way creative. You just, if you don't get the the immediate feedback, sometimes it can really suck the wind out of your cells pretty quickly. Um, I, I approach this and I think a good approach is we're doing this for a reason much greater than trying to turn it into some big money maker or something. That's not the intent of our podcast. It's it's real. There's a lot of other reasons that we're doing it, and I think our our intentions are pure. But really, I just looked at it and said, "Let's see where we're at in 100 episodes. Let's just go. Let's just get this thing going, and then we'll see. You know, if if at that point, you know, we're 20 episodes in, and I said, and jo- I told Josh this early on. I said, if at that point we've impacted one person's life for the better, then that would be great. And we've already heard. I mean, we've got. F- 35 or 40 reviews, all five-star reviews. And we've got a lot of people that we've never even heard of that have commented on it and, and left reviews saying the impact that it's had. And I've heard personal stories from people now that listening to these people that we're speaking with 
about their stories of hope and the strategies that they implement in their life to find hope and be optimistic, and ambitious, and how they pick themselves up after they fell down in order to, you know, reach greater heights. We've already heard so many stories that in my mind, it's completely worth it, right? And that's just having a couple hundred people listen to each episode at this point. Um, but yeah, let's get to 100. Let's get to 500 and, and see where we're at at that point. I'm, I'm confident that if, if the value is there, you know, it'll continue to grow like we want it to. How do you feel like things have gone with us co-hosting it? Because a lot of podcasts are just a solo host, but we've got the co-host thing going on, which complicates things in some ways, but it also makes it better in some ways. What are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, well, we've worked together so much that that it was the conversation early on was, I think, pretty pretty clean. I think or pretty clear. One thing we did have to work out early on is, and it's changed a little bit. Well, I guess it really hasn't changed that much, but it was kind of like, well, who's going to be the host of the episode? Because we're always co-hosts, right? And we're always both chiming in. But for the most part, we determined that if if we brought the guest and it was somebody that we knew a lot about, then that person would just host it be and they would come prepared with all the questions and kind of have the layout. If it was somebody that was that was brought to us that we didn't necessarily know a lot about, then I usually take the reins on those because that's just the role that we've assigned to me. Um, and it works well. I think, honestly, I, I love it. I've had a lot of people say, man, your guys' podcast, like I, I love you and Josh ask completely different questions. And some episodes I talk a lot more because I'm the one that's running the question you know, portion of it. And then you always come in with just questions I never would have thought to ask that are so much that, you know, that are always just gold mines, you know? So I don't know. I think, I think it's worked well. What do you think? Is this where you tell yeah. me that I talk too much and I need to shut up? <laughs> I would never tell you that. I would just think it and stew about it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the way that we've settled into a bit of a rhythm. And today we hosted a podcast where I was the host. And so I was running point on it, but it seems like probably 75% of the time you're running point on the podcast. And I kind of like that because I host another podcast where it's just me. And so of course I've got to be on point a hundred percent of the time. And it's kind of nice to be able to sit back and think for 20 minutes about the question that you want to ask and say, okay, oh, you know what? I've got a really good question that I want to ask. You don't get that opportunity when you're doing a solo podcast because you've, you've got to be listening Otherwise, your guest stops talking and then you're like, uh, sorry, where are we? You can't do that. But with co-host, it's almost like you have two brains and you can switch back and forth and tag team. Yeah, no, I've, I've loved it. And I, it was also fun. We, we interviewed each other for the podcast because we had people early on reach out and like, who are you guys? And why? even people we know that are like, wait, why are you? And why, why would we listen to you? you know? um, so it's cool. We interviewed each other and got some really good kind of I don't know. I've had a lot of compliments on those episodes. Like, man, it was so cool to hear Josh's background. And now every episode I listen to, I understand a lot more where he's coming from and where he's creating these questions from because I know who he is, you know? So I think letting your audience know who you are the, as much as you can is a, is a good idea. Um, and then one of the things we talk about just as a note on, because, you know, people that are looking to get into podcasting are already going and, and know this. But one thing that we've talked a lot about on the on the podcast, just kind of because it's something that I whether I'm teaching classes or speaking or something, I talk a lot about it, but it's just getting in over your head and learning to love that process is just a kind of a key component to entrepreneurship or to starting something and seeing it through. And we had the idea, we put some quick design together. We have some website, you know, web developer resources. So we got a website put together pretty quick, you know, got our social media stuff. And then we got a producer to do it for us. 
um, for pretty cheap, for pretty inexpensive. And my point is, is a lot of times people sit around and say, well, I don't have the right mic. Honestly, I've had, I've talked to a lot of people that are like, I'm not doing it because I don't have the setup yet. And I think our first episode, I was using my Bose headphones because I was waiting for a mic, but I was like, I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm going to get, and then I got a mic, not even the greatest mic, but it works. And then yeah, slowly like a, we've added, it's like a $60 mic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then slowly we've added new elements. Just this week I got, I started using our DSLR camera for video so that we have a, it's a little bit better now. And we, you know, slowly we're adding little things to make from a, from a, um, equipment standpoint to make it a little better. But if you sit around and wait for that, or you sit around and wait for somebody to reach out to ask to be on the show, or you sit around and wait for, you know, whatever, um, it's not going to happen. There's so many resources out there for so inexpensive or free, just based on use your cell phone, right. And just do it all on your phone. Um, get in over your head is, is something I would say is just like, just jump in and why wait? What are some of the other things that have worked or not worked for us? For example, we do all our recording through Zoom. We like to have the video interface. Even if we're not posting the video to YouTube, we still like to be able to see our guest and have that nonverbal communication with them. It's also really handy when we have co-hosts because you can kind of like raise your hand, so to speak, and say like, hey, I've got a question to ask or something. Uh, we've had some issues with Zoom where it's lagged a little bit. I mean, more of a problem with internet sometimes, mm -hmm. but for the most part, that's worked pretty well. What are some of the other things that have worked or not worked? Zoom's great. The, the, the funny thing is, so we just interviewed last week, Chad Ford, who has his own podcast, who is a contributor at ESPN, who's on ESPN all the time as a, as an expert on bracketology and the NBA draft and stuff. And so he knows how to do a podcast, right? Um, one thing that we've done that's worked really well is sometimes people get on and they're like, oh crap, I have that interview this morning. And they just turn on their computer and they're ready to go. And it's honestly, as, as much as people care, they don't care as much if it's not their own thing, right? They're just kind of like, and so we've had a couple of times where we've asked somebody, hey, can you throw some headphones on instead of being uncomfortable? And we want to legitimize it. Like, hey, can you throw some headphones on for us? And so he did that and it made a world of difference. But the funny thing is, is he actually suggested once he saw oh, these guys are serious. They want this quality to be up there, which he appreciated. He was like, do you want me to actually just record the audio separate and send you the file? It's the only time anybody's ever asked that. And we said no. And we then- We should have said yes. We should have said yes, because there was a lot of audio glitches through Zoom on his side um, that, that caused some issues in the editing process, which was fine. It just took way longer to edit. Um, so that's something to consider, You know, recording audio separate. Um, another also getting thing, away from roosters. Yeah, getting away from if you live in Hawaii, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. The roosters were going nuts the whole time. It was amazing. Yeah, that um, episode, we had a rooster that sounded like it was outside of Chad's window. It was the for whole sure. I, li I lived in Hawaii and I know exactly the situation. They'll get on a wall or in a tree right next to your window and something's going on and they just, they, it was not stop. Tom, and then I was had a dog barking in my background because <laughs> I'm recording weird. from home and everybody left with me and the dog in a crate somewhere whining. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's that's uh, there, those are some thoughts on that. I was going to give one other thing. I mean, we would. Oh yeah, I I would consider myself an expert on communication. It's what I studied in school. It's what I've really studied post school. I should go get a master's degree at some point, but I haven't. But I love it. I love communication, and it's funny to me that at the beginning, and I think it was almost more of an insecurity thing. Or the first couple episodes, we didn't do video 
Well, because we were worried about the internet a little bit, but I think I was almost using that as a crutch a little bit just because I was like, ah, we'll just do audio, make sure it's all good. And it's so dumb that I did that because as we all know, and as somebody that studied a lot of communication, more than 80% of communication is nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. When you're interviewing somebody just over the phone, you miss out on a lot of cues. So if you're doing it with a co-host, like I said, it's easy because I can look at Josh, I can see him turn his mic off and and I can say, okay, Josh is ready to ask a question. But even still, I think our conversations are so much better when you're able to look at somebody and realize, oh, they liked that question because they perked up a little bit. Um, or, oh, they're not really liking the direction that we're going with this. Let's switch gears. Or, oh, this is going really well or not so well. You know what I mean? Like you can really tell just by the way somebody's sitting and what their, uh, you know, the, the mannerisms and whatever else uh, kind of the. Yeah. Or like Chad, like he kind of got emotional during one part of the interview that we did. And so noticing that you can be sensitive to that and say the right thing when the person's done, which is exactly what I didn't do because we were in a hurry to finish it. So I just kind of steamrolled on and was like, all right, next thing. Yeah. And then later I was like, I should have like, uh, I should have been a little more, bit more sensitive to where he was coming from in that moment. Yeah. And, and that is true. We've had, we've actually had, because of some of the subject matter that we cover, we've had that happen a number of times where people get a little emotional and it is nice to be able to have that human experience with them over Zoom. My dream is to get a studio or not get one, I'm not going to go buy one, but build a studio probably in my house or something and have guests come in. I mean, the dream for me would be Joe like Rogan. full on Joe Rogan style. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would love that because I think you just, you, the conversation would even be more enriched by being sitting down next to somebody. I just know that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're fortunate to have technology that allows us to look at people in the eyes when we're talking to them and, and have a good conversation. So again, I, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and as I've, um, Stephen King in that book on writing, is that what it's called on writing? I think. Yeah. Um, he says in there and he talks a lot about how the best writers are the people that read the most. And it's interesting because I love, to write, but I don't write a lot. And I think the problem is because I don't read enough. So I know that firsthand as we've been podcasting more, I, I've, I've listened to podcasts for years now, but as I've been doing it, I listen to podcasts differently. And I listen to a, a bigger breadth of podcasts because I want to hear how people do it. And you get good pros and cons from a lot of different um, interview styles. Or um, if you listen to our last, our, 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 the episode that went live this week, I don't know if you listened to it yet, but I changed it. You should listen to it. Let me know what you think. I changed when we edited the intro a little bit because of something I heard on another podcast that I just found. And I was like, I want to listen to this. And I really liked it. Right. So um, it's really helped to listen to more and to try to hone the craft a little bit and to make it better because I think interviewing people, it's easy. I think the barrier to entry is so low at this point that you can throw on a Zoom meeting and record it and talk to anybody that maybe the quality has a tendency to go down. But I think if you really try to work on it and be be good at it, then it can provide so much value to people. And like I said, you get a lot of we've gotten so much great feedback on on the influence that the podcast has had. And so just make sure that the intentions are are good and that it's well thought out. And we talk a lot in ours about kind of building, you know, crafting a narrative or crafting a story, uh, uh, some sort of flow and rhythm to it. And yeah, um, listen to the Hope Strategy podcast. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. To toot our horns just a little bit. One of the things that I think we have going for us, well, first of all, Corey's amazing low voice is great. Yeah. But another thing that I think we have going for us is that I think we managed to be pretty comfortable and casual and relaxed. And I think that comes through as more approachable and personable. And whereas 
I've been on podcasts. I've been on over a hundred podcasts as a guest. And some hosts are very stiff and very scripted. And it feels a little bit automated. And I don't really have a chance to really talk with them. And I feel like that's something that we do well on our podcast is we do have just a normal, casual conversation with our guests. We're talking the same way that we would talk with them if we were just sitting down to meet them at their homes or at a cafe or something. And I hope that that comes across in the podcast. And I hope that's something that people appreciate. I think they do. Yeah, I haven't been on as many podcasts as you. Um, That's one thing we have going for us as well is I might have a good deep voice, but Josh has... Uh, has been on a lot of podcasts and people know his name. So that helps a lot. Um, But I will say the maybe 15 or 20 podcasts that I've been on um, for the most part, I leave feeling like what just, what was, what just happened? I, I don't feel like I got any value out because there, well, there's, there's not a lot of research done before. It's more like a volume game, a, a numbers game. How many people can we get on the podcast? And yeah. it's like, I got booked on this podcast and I get on and they go, Hey, so Corey Blake with me on the podcast, which is one style and it works sometimes, but it's a pet peeve of mine. It's like, Hey, this is Corey Blake. He's the uh, CEO and partner at MWI, a digital marketing agency. And, and he'll go through and give my, he or she will go through and give my bio with me on the line. And I'm, I'm noticing like, this is the first time they've read this or maybe the second. Yeah. And then I it's like, so, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, so Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I'm like, that's, that's what we're starting with. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> like where do I go with that? It's not well thought out. I, you know, so I, I would say that it really helps to do your research before you talk to somebody and figure out, be able to ask questions that are, that are maybe a, a little deeper. You know, we try to ask questions like, so you grew up in Kansas City. What was that like? What was your home life like? You know, something like that versus, so tell us about yourself. It, it's like, I don't know. I, it's just kind of a silly little pet peeve of mine, but. I think you can really tell when research is done and questions are well thought out beforehand. And people notice that like, oh, wow. I mean, we've interviewed Pete. I remember we interviewed Pete, uh, Peter Cazadoy, who was releasing his book, um, Honest to Greatness. And we interviewed him on a day. It was like the day of his launch, I think, right? The day the book launched. And he in that week, yeah. he had been on like 20 or I can't remember how many, maybe 70 interviews like in the last couple of weeks or something. And I remember asking him questions and he didn't just keep being like, oh, Wow, that's a good question. I haven't been asked that yet, and I've done a lot of I've done a lot of press for this thing, you know. So I think it goes a long way, and it makes a much better experience to be conversational, like Josh said, and to do some research beforehand, in or in order to ensure that you're not having a twenty minute conversation with somebody that that is lacks lacks substance substance. There, that's is that the word lacks substance. Yeah. Anything else we want to add in? Uh, go listen to the Hope Strategy podcast. All right, just Keep in, in case, case we didn't the, get that across. Yeah, yeah, just in case we didn't. Keep an eye out for the Hope Strategy book coming out in 2026. <laughs> just kidding. Um, nope, that's it. Thanks, Sheila, for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.